0: let how about this go beyond their limits as well? Welcome. And right along with that theme of going beyond our limits and living a life of success, we are with success engineer Dragos Bratasanou from Romania, who has produced an amazingly inspiring movie called The Amazing You. And I would ask that each and every one of you go and purchase right this very second this movie so that you can download it on your computer, show it to your children, your students, your spouse, yourself, over and over again to digest the pissiness of what paths and instructions these people, Dragos Bratisano, has brought to you. So welcome to the show. Dragos, I'm thrilled to have you here today. Thank you so much, all the way from Romania and Pasadena, California.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Carol. I just want to say first that I, I deeply appreciate your invitation and uh, everyone who is now listening. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to have this conversation.
0: You know that the beauty of your of your appreciation and gratitude, I just think, goes right along with the whole issue of success. And we're going to talk about the tools that you have really discovered for success. So now we're going to talk about so many things about what went into your project, the amazing you, what will go into the amazing mm. future as you progress along your path of what is the definition of success and what's the path of success that you have captured in your movie as well as in your own personal life? What's the definition of success and how do we get there?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a great question. I, had, I think I had to learn this like most, probably many people. I had to learn it the hard way. Um, but in the, in the end, like, I came to the realization that success is not you know, having higher and higher goals and reach, uh, trying to reach them, but I think it's a it's a journey that you enjoy every step along the way, so I think that we all come into this world with the specific desires, specific yearnings for some things or others, because what I want is very different than what you want deep at, at at heart level at soul level and I think that our job is first of all in order to define success is to discover what that thing is that comes from the, the depth of our hearts. And once we know for sure that, you know, this is what I want, and this is not an ego-based desire, this is not something that I want to show off to, you know, to other people, uh, this is what my, my, my heart and my soul is calling me to do, from that moment on, I think success truly and definitely begins because once you set yourself on that path, on that journey, there's absolutely no failure. I think failure for me is going through life without being fulfilled in you know in every moment of every single day. And um, just to give you an example, when I was 24 years old, just barely out of university, um, I had I had an invitation to follow a PhD degree in aerospace, and I said, "Okay, sure, I'm going to do a PhD." I had no idea what a PhD was. I just wanted to, you know, to do something more than I have done before. And uh, I wasn't sure if that was really fulfilling me, but anyway, I thought I would do it. And somehow life pushed me through a relationship that was, I was so unhappy in that relationship that I, I was spending hours reading books in, in libraries, in bookstores, only not to be home. So actually, that opened the door for me for the opportunity to be able to learn and discover more about ourselves as individuals, ourselves as you know, as uh, human beings. And uh, and one night, I remember it was it was January. I said to myself that I feel that I really want to go to Antarctica and I want to go to the North Pole this year. That was the desire of my heart. That was what I really yearned for. And it was the kind of desire that you know you don't care if people know about it you don't care how how it's gonna happen you just know that I want to do this for myself because it's important for me so I spent half a year six months every day and every single night writing to every single organization or individual or company that had any connection to, to Antarctica so I wrote NASA asking them if they can take me on board with them, I wrote every single polar institute in the entire world, from Australia and New Zealand to the u s and uh, South America, asking them if they can if I can join an expedition. So I also tried because nobody replied. I also tried to apply for jobs to go to antarctica it It was like the dream had the, had the, had the, had a grasp on me not the other way around so i just had to go again and again and find new ideas on how to approach it because i had no money i had no connections um, you know i couldn't just ask for for money from my parents or from somebody i had to find a way to start from zero without anything and fulfill my dream and after after 6 months of emailing and hoping and praying and you know, at some point, you, got, you, you get to a point where you simply just feel like, you know, I really have to give up because it, it gets insane. Since all doors are closing, nobody's responding, nothing is happening. So, and uh, there's a famous poem by Rumi. And uh, Rumi wrote in the 13th century that the breeze at dawn had secrets to tell you. Do not go back to sleep. You must ask for what you really want. Do not go back to sleep. And when I got this, um, when I, when I I didn't understand this poem only afterwards. It's like Steve Jobs said, you know, you can only connect the dots by looking back, not, not looking forward. And I remember I woke up one night at 3 a.m., with the you know with this crazy idea, and 3 a.m. is what is called the magic hour or, or the golden hour. At 3 a.m. usually most people are sleeping and the mind noise is is very low, and usually the ideas that come to you at 3 a.m. in the morning come directly from uh, from the heart, from your connection to spirit or to God or whatever you want to call it. The naive idea to simply write to every commercial company that had the luxury cruise in Antarctica. So I tried for six months, I tried all the hard, difficult scenarios, only to get to the point where I can just, the only thing left was the easiest and the most natural thing for me to do. So I wrote to every company, and the great majority obviously ignored me. Only a few said no, and a single company from from South America, from Chile, said, "Sure, we'd like, to, we'd love to have you on board." They gave me the contract, they gave me the dates, and that was it. So, the, that's how I learned that you can fulfill your dreams just by following what's most natural, what's most comfortable, and what's, you know, the, the path that you can provide the most value for the others. And um, how I got to do the, this, this film? You know, after I went to Antarctica, after I went from there, I, w- I went all the way to, to the North Pole. It's probably the longest flight you can take. <clears throat> um, I, was, I was wondering if I can do this. If I can, if I have a dream and I work like crazy, what else can I do? Because, you know, I studied all the information on self-development, on um,
0: spirituality,
1: and I felt that something was missing because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really honest with you. I'm, a, I'm an engineer. I'm a scientist. I have now a PhD in, uh, in space engineering, and I'm, I'm very skeptical to, you know, to most information. And uh, I think that... The self-help industry has, has done a lot of good, but also I think they, they have done a lot of damage, especially with the, with the marketing ideas that, you know, overnight success or success in 21 steps or success in three days or, you know, because they wrapped good information in a, in a dangerous marketing approach, you know? I honestly believe that there's no overnight success. There's no fast lane to, to abundance, to financial independence. I think you have to really, really understand that that's a lot, a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of pain, and you have to be able to just just to accept this. And with my movie, I tried to basically to offer people a new way of thinking that can also integrate hard work and the reality because we have to address this uncomfortable reality that if we start from nothing, it's going to take probably a lot, a lot of time. So there's it, a lot of setbacks on the way. There's a lot of ideas that you have to try that could fail. There's a lot of pain you have to go through. And if you accept that, I'm sure that you can get to, to fulfill your, your, your dreams and to get your desires on, on the right track. But if you start with the idea that, you know, it's going to, it's going to be an overnight success, for me, that's, that's highly dangerous, and I think it's a great disfavor that this industry has done to so many people, including myself. So I wanted to be, like, really honest and, and ask some of the, of the people... Who have done fantastic things like how do you think and what your beliefs are and what is your mindset and how do you feel about this world in order to be able to build Hubble Space Telescope the most famous uh, space telescope in the world how do you what is your thinking that allows you to, to run the biggest program in history at NASA, the Great Observatory is an eight-billion-dollar program. How do you think? What your beliefs are in order to build the Angry Birds uh, brand, which is the fastest-growing brand in history? The Angry Birds grew faster than Google, faster than faster than um, um, any kind of uh, online brand you can think about. Angry Birds grew faster than that. Also, when I was um, when I was a, a student. And before in high school, I had a dream of becoming a rock star. So uh, I dreamt about touring and you know playing uh, rock music in front of fans. That never happened because I gave up too early. So I was curious to learn from uh, from rock stars. You know how do you how do you uh, how do you spend so many years, 10, 20, 30 years, doing the same thing over and over again? And reaching the dream of your childhood, because um, the people I had the chance to speak with, who who are musicians, they have all fell in love with the instruments when they were five or six, and so on. And what has been for me so interesting is that the same pattern applies to astronauts. You know, I mean, these are not people who uh, who stay who spend their their days, you know, under a tree, dreaming about what they can do. They actually, they spend maybe 40 years going to, going to university and then the military school and then you have to become a, a, um, a pilot, then you have to become a test pilot, and then from hundreds and hundreds of astronauts who apply for the Corps, only a few get selected. How do you do it? I mean, how do you keep on track for so many years? And if you look at all the great names in history, for example, Neil Armstrong, who was the first man to step on the moon, or um, 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 James Lovell, who was the, the commander of Apollo 13. You all know the movie. All of them have fell in love with flying, with, you know, with aerospace at the age of four or five years old. They started building um, small rockets, and they went to, you know, to the air shows. So they kept going for years and years. And I'm sure that at five years old, they didn't have a goal of becoming an astronaut. So to answer your question, I think success comes again from your deepest heart desires with the understanding that maybe setting up goals is not the best approach, but uh, with the understanding that success is a um, day-by-day, moment-by-moment by, day, moment by, by, by moment thing. So you, can, you, you just feel fulfilled now, as you start up on your idea, you feel fulfilled taking care of all the little details while working on it. And at the end, you'll get the result of your entire hard work and fulfillment moment by moment.
0: That's a, that's a beautiful rendition. I just don't want to interrupt anything because it's just a, a wonderful flow of thoughts and just feel it. Hard work commitment to a passion, a, a, a willingness to change course if it becomes necessary, even changing maybe some of the source of your passion, um, b- being willing to be discouraged and strained and frustrated and fail, but not giving up and persevering. I don't know. What do you think about this distillation of, of what you said?
1: Um, I want to with you a story that happened to me because... Um, I spent one and a half years working on this film. Um, so in 2011, I got a big job in New Zealand. Um, I was only 26 years old when I got the job. They put me in, I was the head of the satellite division of the entire Asia Pacific. And uh, for a 26-year-old, you know, it sounds fancy. Uh, the money was good. After less than one year, after nine months, I simply I couldn't take it anymore. I just quit my job because the, you know, the, the emptiness I felt inside while doing this job was, was so horrible that I simply, I simply let, go of the, let go of the money, I simply let go of the position and just decided to leave the country and go back home to, to make this film. So I, I had the, for this movie, I had, I had very little budget. Usually, if you look at Hollywood films, you know, they, they say how many millions for each film. I only had a few thousand dollars to make it. And uh, I spent almost one year working on it, or filming the interviews, and then coming home and editing the film. And I got to a point where nobody from my team believed in this project except me. And when the most difficult part of the project came, you know, when we had to start the editing and, and the putting the brand together and the, the marketing and so on, so this was before the movie was even finished, every single person in the team just left. So I found myself alone with, with a bunch of interviews, no money to invest, and I, I know I had to make a decision. What do I do now? Should I continue with my project or should I just give up? And you know what's funny when you're in this business? I was thinking, how can you fail while making a movie on how to achieve success? How can, how can I fail while, while I'm trying to make a movie on how to achieve success? It was like the universe was, was laughing at me, you know? And um, I think I spent about a month just roaming the streets. It was winter. It was so cold. Simply thinking, okay, what do I do next? How do I move this forward? And um, one of, uh, a very good friend of mine, who is a, mu- a musician, we were walking one day and he said, do you want to achieve something with the movie? What is your message? Well, I said, I want people to know that if, I, if they have a dream that comes from the depths of their hearts, they can achieve it. And he told me, look, if you want to become a movie producer and if you want to help people, if you want to, uh, to give a, power, a powerful message, you have to prove what you're saying. So what's happening now to you, you are in the phase in which you are being called to prove to yourself and to others that what you tell people the information that you share with the others is true and it can be applied and it's real so why don't you apply what you give in the movie for yourself and continue and persist and only then will be able to go up on a stage or, or or to share the movie and look an individual you know look them eye to eye heart to heart and tell them you know I can honestly relate to your pain. I can honestly relate to your frustration, your, 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 you know, your fear, because I've been through them and I know how horrible it is. But I also know that if you, can, if you persist, you can also come out successfully at the end. So I think the greatest lesson for me was, this, and I think it's, it's important that everybody who is in this business also does the same. The moment you, you make an affirmation about something, you, know, you want to teach people about health, you want to teach people about abundance, you want to teach people about how to fulfill their dreams. If you want to be authentic, I think und- undoubtedly you will be called to prove in experience what you only know in thought and words Make sense.
0: Absolutely. You know, of all the so people that, was, that you interviewed, yeah. of all the people that you interviewed in your book, I mean, in your movie, The Amazing You. Yeah. What, what? So let's see. You interviewed Greg Braden, Ed Hoffman, Vey, uh, they, they, If I'm saying his name, the musician, uh, uh, and a yeah, series Steve of By- other people. Pardon me.
1: Steve White.
0: So, so the, of all these individuals, and you feel free to name each of them. What was the wisdom yeah. that, as you're interviewing and you're interviewing them before you're editing the movie, what 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 information did you glean from each of them that promoted your confidence that this was going to be uh, a, a wonderful piece to push people along their path of success? What, for example, did you get from Greg Braden or from uh, the, the, the creator of Angry Birds, etc.? cetera?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Thank you. I think that there's a common thread that goes through all, and I was so surprised to, um, uh, to discover this. When I started this project, I had no idea what to expect. When you're doing this kind of a, of a project, of a movie, what you start up with is absolutely nothing that you'll get at the end. You have no idea what you will come up with. Hi. So I asked the same question to all of them. So I asked the question to Ed Hoffman, who is the NASA Chief Knowledge Officer, and he's in charge of all the leadership and uh, personal development and team development at NASA. I asked him, ask him what leads to success, in your opinion. What allowed you to persist for so many years? Also, I asked the question to Dr. Charles Perlin, who was in charge of building the Hubble Space Telescope and the NASA's $8 billion program, Great Observatories. And the same. What allowed you to went through to such amazing levels of success, but also through incredible amounts of, of pain that there were years when, um, because NASA had some, also besides the successes, they had some incredible failures, and these people had to, had to deal with. I asked the same question to, to Professor Scott Hubbard from Stanford University. And Professor Hubbard was in charge of, of putting on Mars uh, the three famous rovers, Spirit, Opportunity, and now Curiosity. Yeah. So, the same question to, uh, to Steve Vai, who is, a, who is a, probably the best guitar player in, in the world. And I was curious, you, you don't see it in the movie, but on my travels, I traveled... In the last five years, I traveled on five continents to basically to learn more about ourselves as human beings, as individuals, and as, a, as, as human beings in the end. And usually I like to travel alone. And I ask the same question, Buddhist monks in Nepal, the Buddhist monks in Sri Lanka. And these are people who who approach life in a totally different way than what you, we are used to in, you know, in Europe, in, in the U.S. These are people who ha- basically they wear no shoes and they walk barefoot in the streets of Colombo, in Sri Lanka or in, in, in Kathmandu, in Nepal. And all they do is just share peace with others. They, they share their love and they are happy individuals. And I ask them the same question. What keeps you going in spite of everything that has happened to you. Because, for example, the Buddhist monk I had the chance to meet in, uh, in Nepal, he had to, he ha- he had to flee from, uh, uh, from Tibet. I think his parents were killed, and he had, as a young boy, he had to, he had to run away and, uh, and go to, to Nepal to, to be safe. And all of them said the same thing, that in order to be able to, uh, to accomplish what we've done, you have to be authentically in love with your life and you have to be authentically in love with yourself and with what you're doing. And every single one of them said, the accomplishments that you see, Hubble Space Telescope or my world tour as a musician or my, my, my inner peace as a Buddhist monk, they, they have nothing to do with what's really important. They all said the, uh, the outcomes have only been the, the byproduct of them being authentically in love and being on purpose on every single moment of, of the project they were doing. So I think that's, that's fundamental for, for us to understand because what purpose is there to you know, set a goal five years from now, ten years from now, and to be miserable all the way until you accomplish it?
0: So you're saying that they say you have to be authentically in love with yourself, authentically true to yourself, and authentically passionate about their dream or focused on their passion. Am am I understanding the essence of what you're saying?
1: Um, Yeah. First of all, I think, to answer your question, the first thing to be authentic with yourself and to be authentically in love with yourself, it means that you have to assume full responsibility to who you are and to what you want. Because, unfortunately, some of us tend to choose their careers or their dreams or their, their desires based on not what comes from the depths of their hearts, but from just to please their parents or to please society or to please the others, or simply because they are too afraid to, you know to jump with both feet into their dreams. And it's a it's a major responsibility to be honest, and, and face um, what is being given in this life. And uh, for, for example, for me, it was it it was a major responsibility to 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 risk losing my PhD, to lose uh, losing my job, to lose uh, having fights with my parents because I was I was eager to sacrifice everything I had in order to be able to go to, to go to Antarctica and to go to the North Pole. Everything else simply didn't matter. So I, I have assumed full responsibility to whatever happened, but I had, I had no choice but to go on this path. Because this is one of the visions I had. It, it's a very uh, curious thing. One of the visions I had as a, space, uh, as a space scientist and working for so many years in this field... Have you ever seen a video of the Earth from space? So the oh, Earth yeah. travels... Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> breathtaking. So the Earth travels through the universe. The Earth is never twice in the same place. So the Earth with the solar system with the galaxy it just spins around around and we travel. Through the universe on this wonderful spaceship we call planet earth well at a certain point in time somehow not not by our choice we show up right many years later again not by our choice we go away so i have no idea what's before our birth i have no idea what's after our birth but we have this time interval that we have, I mean, it, 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 it's our responsibility on how we're gonna live our lives. And I think it, it's a dangerous thing to post, to postpone our dreams because that time, before we, uh, since we show up until we go away, that time is very limited. So I think in the end it all matters this time interval, how we choose to live it. Do we choose to live it fully engaged in what drives us, what matters for us, what is, what comes from our values? Are we here And uh, because in the end, I don't think it really matters. All that matters is how we live this time interval throughout this journey in, you know, in the universe. And I was, I was just on a plane from, from Germany to ke- coming here to, to L.A, And I read I read a poem by, if I'm not wrong, I think it, it was T.S. Eliot, and she said, "I'm not going to, to put fear in your mind with the shadow that goes beyond you at dawn. I'm not going to put fear in your mind with the shadow that lays in front of you with sunset. But my friends, I'm going to show you here in a handful of dust. So in the end, I think we all get to that point when we become a handful of dust. It's just a matter of how we get to that place. Filled with happiness and love, even if it's frightening at the beginning, or just unfulfilled and, I mean, we all get to that handful of that in the end.
0: It's interesting because one of the presenters in your movie, The Amazing You, stated that one of our greatest uh, roadblocks to being able to be successful, whatever we define success as, that one of the greatest roadblocks is ourselves and that we stand in ourselves, we can maybe there's a million other things like money with your movie or opportunities or so forth and so on, but our greatest roadblock, our greatest wall to climb is our own selves in terms of how we get in our way. What, what, what is your experience along those lines with these speakers, with these presenters that have been very successful in their lives, how they overcame their own roadblocks?
1: Oh, that's a very interesting question. Actually, I was I was just um, uh, I was just looking on uh, in a book and I saw this. You know, you are too smart to be the only thing standing in your way. (laughs) And I I really like this uh, this quote. I think um, again what this speaker said. For them, roadblocks have not been a major challenge because most of them have been 100% committed to, to what they were doing. So when you are 100% committed, and that's something that you can feel because being fully committed, it alters your perception. So the more you focus on something, the more you focus on achieving something, the more your mind will see solutions, and the more you will come up with, with magical solutions to problems. And I know that this idea has been has been used a lot of a lot of in a lot of ways. But actually this is one of the ways that um, NASA is building their highly performing teams. So I'm and I'm I'm saying this just to to make it clear that this is not a, you know a new age concept or an an airy-fairy idea, it's just really how our minds when they focus on something. So when you're too busy to think about what others are doing, when you're too busy focused on your outcome, on your purpose, and nothing else matters, you will automatically come up with magical solutions to problems. And um, most speakers have, have used this to, to go through, through extremely painful uh, failures in their life. For example, um, Dr. Charles Pellerin, who is, uh, who is the person I told you about, he was in charge of the Hubble Space Telescope development mission. At the end of, uh, of the Hubble development program, they sent the telescope into space and it was a huge failure. It was a telescope that was worth two billion dollars and they spent 15 years to develop and simply it was useless. Not particularly by, by his leadership and it, they just worked into 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 a context that led to this failure. And he tells me the story of I became one hundred percent committed to fixing the telescope. So the congressman who, who was financing the project simply cut cut off any kind of funding from the project so he had to find out he he had to find money from other sources for the servicing mission. Um, and the mission was more and more difficult than the development of the satellite, because now we had to put astronauts into space they had to do they had to go outside the space shuttle and to fix the telescope and to replace the mirror with the, with the new one and He said that the moment I became one hundred percent committed in that moment i I instantly came up i began. Uh, coming up with magical solutions apparently magical solutions to to my problems Hmm. so I'm thinking that if this way of thinking and this way of approaching the goal works to, to send astronauts into space and to fix one of the most expensive telescopes I'm sure it can work with our dreams down on earth, whatever that may be
0: it's so interesting when you say that, you know, we're all too intelligent to know that we're our only roadblock. Uh, that makes so much sense. And, of course, he had a ton of roadblocks, how to get the money, how to get NASA on board, how to get the astronauts trained, how to get the equipment, how to make yeah. something ship. I mean, just a, a, a phenomenal quantity of details that had to be considered by a huge number of individuals and professionals that may or may not have been on board with the process. And yet, the very essence of him saying, "I'm 100% committed, and I'm going to have to work with a million details and human beings to get this all the way through to the end," and then it comes down to something that you mention over and over again, and that is hard work. It's hard yeah. work. It's hard work, folks. It's hard work. Uh, let's not minimize no, that me- aspect. <laughs>
1: Let me ask you a question. Uh, In the 1960s, NASA NASA, uh, had the Apollo mission, putting a man on the moon, and then uh, the space shuttle mission, the space shuttle program. And I think, I don't think I'm sure, but every single individual, if you were to ask him or her working with NASA, from the janitor all the way to the NASA uh directors at washington so they have been asked what are you doing here the janitor didn't say i'm cleaning up at nasa every single individual say i'm putting a man on the moon you know so it all comes down to having a sense of purpose that's what that's what that's what uh, drove thousands of individuals to work on the apollo program having a sense of purpose and keeping their agreements to the president that they were gonna put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And I just want to ask you know, your audience, what are the agreements that you have with yourself? What are the agreements about how you're gonna run your own life? Because the answer to this question is, I think it's, it's critical. What is fundamentally important to you and your values and how can you live your values That's the first part of the question. The second part is how do you find a way to transform that vision into something that you can share and something that is a benefit for the others? So if you you have on one hand, you have your inner world, your inner passions, desires, and, and so on. And I think the term passion is a bit overrated. I think it comes down more to a sense of purpose and fulfillment. How do you transform your inner world into a tangible benefit for the others on the outside? If you can answer that question, there's absolutely no way you are not going to fulfill the goal. So how do you transform what's important for you into what's important for others? And if you are able to bridge these two dimensions, your inner world with the outer world, what you want with the benefit for others, I'm sure that it will work out no matter what.
0: You know, that just makes a a lot of sense. I'm thinking about how I connected with you, and I get this arbitrary email, and we do on the radio show all the time. And the thing that focused uh, me on your particular solicitation or information was that you were as committed to trying to help other people be successful as I am, and that that was the link. I said, okay, this is my message. This is his message Let's make the link, and so that makes our purpose compatible with one another. I want to go as far as I can to help you with your message because your message is also mine, and um, that makes complete sense that this that Dr. Hubble has to get everybody on board with preparing the Hubble because that's his me- mission uh, getting people on the moon. so is is it that we create a collective Uh, uh, consciousness, the collection of us that come together around a particular task, whether it's creating a family, putting a library in a school, uh, creating an art program for elementary uh, students, building a house, that you create a collective of people. You are all general contractors, so to speak, of Uh our particular project. And then we have to get all these subcontractors as eager to be part of our our ultimate goal um, and that that's a very different way of looking at any project associated to our idea of success is that we're, we're part of a team even though we might be solo in so many of our successes. What comes to mind when I'm talking about all that?
1: Um, I'm just trying to think how to best put it for uh, Part of the work I'm doing around the world and is about developing uh, leaders and, and teams and sharing the, the same program that has been used by NASA for building leaders and highly successful teams. I'm, I'm teaching people the same information on how they can apply the same knowledge in their own lives and in their own businesses. And. Uh, after 15 years of hard of, of successes and failures, uh, some of the best minds at NASA have have built an approach to to bringing teams together. And there are eight behaviors and eight ideas that, if you uh, if you integrate them into your own life, everything that you set your mind to will work. And it will go it will go from relationships to uh, to your biggest vision or to your workplace and so on. So as human beings, when we come into this world, we, we come into this world making decisions based on emotions or logic. And as human beings, we have, again, emotional needs and you have, we have logical and rational needs. And the, the most important need we have as individuals is the need to feel valued to feel valued by others and to feel that we matter to others. And it's, it's very strange because the most fundamental human need we have as human beings to feel valued is the most ignored one. So if you are in, in a relationship, authentically appreciating the others is basically is the glue that will keep that relationship going and going and going.
0: Hmm. That is it very if, it,
1: if, it, if it's in the workplace or at home, if you have ever been in a relationship in, in which you didn't feel valued, I'm sure that one way or another you left that relationship. And um, there is one story from uh, from an FBI agent who was working at the ground floor at 9/11. And um, I was uh, asked him the question what is the most profound lesson that you have learned by working that, you know, with 9-11 on the ground and seeing tragedy unfolding? And he said one thing that you know, can make us all realize how important valuing others is. He said that um, many words have been spoken in the ears of the dead, words they have been yearning to hear while they were alive. Yes. Yeah. So many words have been spoken in the ears of the dead, words they have been yearning to, heal, to hear while they were alive. So valuing others, valuing your family, your parents, your children, your, your friends and your colleagues at work is the most fundamental need that they have and is the least, is the, is the last that we actually offer them. Now, another human need that we have is the need to feel included and to feel that we belong. Hmm. Again, if you, if, you ha- if, if you have ever been excluded from a party, from a meeting, from, a, I don't know, any kind of meeting with your friends, you know how painful exclusion is. So in order to, to build a successful team or a successful friendship or a successful group of people, we, uh, we have to know how to include others. So the need to feel included is addressed by appropriately including others. And the most important is you have to find ways to not exclude individuals because excluding hurts and that hurt turns into anger. And usually that anger will be acted out in, uh, in your relationship. The third human need is the need to have a sense of purpose to have hope, a sense of fulfillment, and this is something for me. It is the most interesting part is because in order for us to to meet our human our, our need as um, the need to have hope is for us to find the power to address unpleasant reality. How do you define reality, and how do you address it? Addressing reality, so. When you have a problem, do not make it, don't make it worse Because if you make it worse in your mind you then, you then lose all your power over it to make any change And don't ignore it on, and don't be blindly optimistic about it Because if you ignore a problem The baby monster will only grow in your life So the moment you face a situation when you do have a problem Sit down and face the unpleasant reality, you know I think the first step towards towards healing any kind of emotional or mental trauma, the first step in finding a a solution to to any problem for your dream is to sit down and without judgment. This is fundamentally important. Without judgment, to address unpleasant reality. You know, I do have a problem. in in my relationship or I do have a problem with too much alcohol or I do have a problem with too much eating or I do have a problem because I don't have the money to finish this this project or addressing unpleasant reality opens the door to creativity. This is the the, the fundamental parameter that many people avoid. Sometimes including myself, I, I, I find myself, you know, trying to... Lie to myself about the reality in which I live. Addressing reality opens the door to creativity. And uh, it, nowadays, we see many many gurus speaking about thinking outside the box, or how to think, you know, outside your your boundaries and so on. I think for me, this is a this is a great delusion because, as individuals, we all have boxes. You know, we have a box in which we live according to to our financing or money we have a box given by our family we have a box given by our social environment uh, our country our city we have a box in which we live given by uh, by our Mm job so creativity begins only by thinking inside the boxes and focusing on the solution so if we accept our boundaries if we accept you know, every kind of world that's around us. Only from that moment onwards, we can actually find a solution to get out of that box. Otherwise, honestly, I don't think it works. Uh, for example, with my movie, I had to accept that my team has, uh, has left me. When the times were hard, I had to accept my very limited budget. Um, I had to accept whatever you know, came my way on, in this project. And now also I have to accept the criticism from people for various reasons, or I have to accept the praise. Mm-hmm. It's just what it is. So without judgment, simply accept what, what comes your way. Hmm. I, I would say that if these three human needs are met in a team, or in a, in a group of people, or a family, or friends, Uh, It will it will work out eventually and also I think the last one which is again important is Assuming full responsibility for What you put into the world? including how you act towards others and Assuming full responsibility and never 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 blame or complain about What others are doing? because the others have their own dreams, purposes, ideas than us, right? So they don't have to do what we want because they are on a different path. So if you have a dream or a passion, and that's fine, you can you can ask people for help, and they will. Most of the time, they will help you. But the time that comes when you know when the time comes, that somebody will say no. Simply say thank you, because it simply is not what they want for their journey. So there's no reason to blame the others or to complain. Hmm,
0: beautiful. Well, these are very pivotal points, especially as you're working with a team or you're working with a situation. You know, Dragos, I'm 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 highly struck by all of these. The one that's standing out right now is the the beauty of you as an engineer. Uh, or I don't know if you're an engineer, but an engineer, a a success engineer, uh, is first an engineer has to look at the laws of physics and the laws of mechanics and the situation of materials they have available, and then the problem that they need to solve in order to be able to access the plethora of opportunities that exist inside the box until they can create something that it, it, it bounds them to the next their next level of the creation, so that you don't look at the circumstances that are staring you in the face as limited with um, resources as, as opposed to looking at the limits of your situation and say,, okay, in this situation exists resources, exist solutions exist, the circumstances exist the 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 walls I have to overcome but this is my circumstance that's full of opportunity. Uh, It's it's a great uh, reality check as well as uh, a perspective change. I so appreciate that point.
1: Just to give you a a short example, the Apollo 13 mission, they were on the way to the moon. There was an explosion, um, I think a tank of of oxygen, and in, in only 16 hours they were running out of power. And they they had no way to come back to Earth. In only 16 hours, all the crew were about to freeze. So, in order for all engineers at NASA on on the ground and for the astronauts in the in the spacecraft to be able to succeed, they all had to face the uncomfortable reality. They they were literally In a box flying around the moon (laughs) and without any oxygen left or without any power left to to come back so by all of them have assumed this reality all of them accepted the danger of them dying in 16 hours all of them assumed the probability of, of a tragic failure and all of them have assumed full responsibility for whatever Uh, it was about to happen. From that moment on, all of them have focused 100% commitment, again, to finding a solution. So they focused 100% to find a way to bring those people back alive, uh, down to earth. So eventually one of the engineers found, by thinking inside a box, by thinking inside the limitations that they were having, one of the engineers have found a solution to fix the spacecraft and to give to it and to return the astronauts back back to back safely on Earth. And I think that uh, it comes down again to you know to having a sense of mission, you know, bringing those people back on back alive and 100% committed to finding a solution and also facing the, the rea- reality you are facing. This is why I personally I personally do not agree with positive thinking because uh, it just if the situation is bad if your health is in danger or um, if your finances are in danger you have to accept that and only from that point onwards you can find solutions to those uh, those situations. I mean if you lie to yourself that. You become probably you become the worst uh, enemy you can have because you're lying yourself and you're attacking yourself from from the inside, which is the most dangerous scenario you can be in
0: hmm. I uh, couldn't agree with you more. I really do uh, appreciate so much of positive psychology and I do appreciate the the books of the secrets as it inspires people to move forward, but you are uh, clearly noting that with all that positive thinking, you still have to be pragmatic. You do live on this earth plane, and you do need to put your effort forward. This is not about uh, herp-derping around with uh, idealization that doesn't have a whole lot of muscle, sweat, effort, outreach. I mean, even your trip to Antarctica, you reached out to so many individuals over and over and over and over again until you finally got a yes. And uh, th- it's that tenacity that's just so core.
1: Go ahead. Yes. But I think in the end it all comes down to do not judge yourself and your situation. When I'm saying facing reality, I'm not saying complaining about it. I'm just saying accepting what you've been given without any kind of judgment, you know. Um, I mean, I have been in so many situations uh, on my journeys when apparently I had difficult problems, but after a while I've noticed that those apparent problems have actually uh, been a blessing for me on my journey. Hmm. So addressing reality, I think it means only to accept what you have in the moment and the situation without any judgment, and taking the next next step forward. You know, not complaining or not uh, blaming, just accepting the situation as it is.
0: So you're looking at the reality without sitting there woeing or being all pent up with judgment or self-loathing. Instead, you're looking at reality and saying, okay, this is it. Now, what do I do with this in light of the passions and goals that I have that are so much bigger than this? Uh, It just... Oh my goodness, Drago, yes. we are moving toward the end of this hour and I so appreciate all the wisdom that you offer. I can truly see that the amazing you is a beginning of many series of of either books or movies or YouTubes or interviews and I know that you also are a public speaker in this field of success engineering. So listeners, uh, take hold of this amazing individual who's experiencing life on the real plane and moving all of us outside of our box because of the wonderful equipment and strain and stress of the now. So, Dragos, how do people reach you both for public speaking for your movie? How do people get in touch with you uh, in specific?
1: Well, the um, the movie is available at theamazingmovie.com. So, theamazingmovie.com. You can you can find it there, and. Um, I wanna make a, a small, uh, uh, just like a, to give you an idea of what happens when uh, you, you leave everything, the money and everything um, aside and you follow uh, the calling of your heart. When I began this project, uh, I, I tried to do the movie for my friends to share a message only for just a small group of individuals and because I have put so much of myself into this project, now it reached the point where um, I never, I never dreamed about it before. In only three months from its release, um, it has been translated by wonderful people from around the world in 13 languages. So mm. 13 languages in three months, it's, for me, it's totally mind blowing. Uh, many, many university professors have, um, have, have taken the movie to share with their students in the career development courses and I think the most inspiring thing for me was to receive an email from the University of Damascus in Syria oh. and a, a, a professor from there said that this movie is so powerful that I think it can inspire people and students to recover and to get to work after so many years of, of war and for me that was totally mind-blowing to, oh, yeah. to receive this, uh, this message. So theamazingmovie.com, and also my, my official website is successengineer.org. And beautiful. you can
0: find my email and, at
1: successengineer.org.
0: successengineer.org. Beautiful. And the movie is called The Amazing You, and you can download it off of theamazingmovie.com. Contribute to the cause, but also contribute to yourself and those that you can share this with. This is truly a wonderful 50, 55 minutes of your time spent contemplating avenues of success that you will create jumping off of seeing this movie and that you will also adapt as you absorb this movie. Dragos brought, am I going to put your name, (laughs) brought this on from I Thank you so much for joining us. This won't be the last time we speak. Individuals don't hesitate to contact him and we will be presenting more to you. Well, Dragos, parting words, what would you want to say? But I would like first of all to
1: appreciate everyone for taking the time to listen to, to this speech, I want to say thank you for inviting me over and I, I would say just to appreciate everyone in your life which is the most important thing and at the end from these 7 billion people that are on the planet you are totally unique and you are the only one who can be responsible and work and fulfill your own dreams. Nobody else is but yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. Live your life to your fullest. Get your muscles engaged. Thank you so much, Drago, for providing us more equipment, more understanding. And I know you have so much more to offer. So, folks, please, again, contact him at theamazingmovie.com and see the amazing you. Dragos, cheers. Thank you. And we will be in touch. Everybody, take care. Thank you so much. of yourself from this day moving forward. Cheers. Bye bye.